and welcome to America's new favorite podcast that critics are raving about. Everyone cares about talking about it. Our 15 listeners are, I'm sure, tuned in right now, having a great time on Wednesday morning. Uh, and I'm joined here by my co-host, as always, Sid Conker. How's it going, bud? We've hit double digits, and uh, I'm looking into numbers. Impressive. Okay, uh, uh, there's plenty of details here. Well, no, no one needs to audit us or check our facts. I might make a life-size chart with a line graph that's just straight vertical. <laughs> we breached all the listeners already. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's market, listening. Market cap. <laughs> and our um, our favorite Denver correspondent, Jack McClellan. Hell yeah. What's up, what's up, man? How's it going, guys? Well, I think the better question is, how are you doing? You know, I'm doing well. It's Wednesday morning. The Nuggets have uh, won their first game in the Western Conference Finals, and they're uh, one game away from tying it up. So, you know, pretty exciting stuff. Wow. And again, your history of guarantees. Well, yeah. I, I don't think we want the 3-1 deficit this time, you know. I mean, it seems to be kind of, kind of your thing at this point, though. Kind of hard to avoid, really. It I think it's honestly cool. the only way it works. It would be cool to be the first team to do it four times in a playoff. <laughs> you know, no one had done it twice, but no one's ever going to do it four times. So, exactly. This is our year. Some records can't be broken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Let's, let's hop into it. Speaking of Lakers Nuggets, let's get right into game two. Um, give me your, some of your overall generalized thoughts on, on, on the game, Jack. All right, well, I mean, Jokic is dominant as mm -hmm. we had expected him to be, but I think he blew everyone's expectations out of the water. Um, a lot of people were talking about how he's a better center than Anthony Davis going into the game, and I think he proved it. I know Anthony Davis kind of went off and hit the game winner, and so it's hard to say <laughs> that. You probably think I'm joking right now, but... I'm really not. I really I'm hyped on him more than I have been all season, and that's saying a lot because I've been hyped on him a lot. But um, it's just nice seeing your best player play his best possible basketball against such a good defense, you know. So that was nice to see, and it was nice to see the Nuggets actually, you know, not roll over and have some like fighting spirit in them against um, this team that I've said before, they're kind of outmatched by. Um, so it was, it was nice to see the coaching adjustments that Malone made as well. I enjoyed how they brought in like PJ Dozier for the, the extra length on defense, you know, I did not enjoy that by the way. <laughs> I very much did not enjoy PJ Dozier being in the game. <laughs> and why, why is that? Cause he's a, uh, he's a great, he's a, he's, uh... Basically, like, he's the opposite reaction that Dwight is to the Nuggets, you know? Like, he, he, he is in there as your energy role player that gets in the opposing player's head with all his energy and just toughness, which he is very oh, tough, and best. he's un, unflappable. Like, <laughs> like literally flexing AD's face <laughs> after, after an and one on the basically the, uh, right? you know, top three defensive player of the year candidates. Uh, yeah. So you so. don't like it from and, your very you biased... Exactly. I'm, I'm admitting bias here. I, <laughs> I cannot be unbiased with the Lakers. Got it. So you hate energy, and uh, this is I, I guess hate when other are. players are annoyingly good <laughs> against my team. Yeah, they're playing better than they usually do. That's that, that's that's nothing worse than that. When PJ Dozier is just making impact on both ends of the floor. Right. right. I was just gonna call you out <laughs> for that as well. 
Your team, yeah, the LA Lakers. Yeah, me, me and Jeannie Buffs, co-owners. Pretty sick, yeah. Yes. Uh, and Nikola Jokic after this series is over. Jesus, relax, relax, relax. <laughs> um, Jack, also, who are these people that were saying Nikola Jokic is a better center than Anthony Davis? Before it's uh, the, the Nuggets Instagram page. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who runs it. But um, they have a fire. It's a good page. follow. It's it's oh. fire. Honestly, mm-hmm. I yeah, they do have actually a fire Instagram page. Yeah, yeah, they're on top of they're it. They're about to gain like fifteen followers, according to Chase, after this podcast is over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Follow real. at Nuggets. That's, uh, that's huge. <laughs> Shout out Nuggets Instagram. That's huge. I will say, Jokic. Um, I I like. I was amazed how much confidence they had just going to Jokic in the clutch too. Um, when they posted up AD, when Jokic just one-on-one posted up AD um, to go up one with about 15, 18 seconds left, I, I was just amazed that was the call. Like, that is just, I mean, you're posting up one of the best defensive players in the game. That's so much confidence in your superstar to perform. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he bodied him, too. Yeah. Absolutely bodied him. Went over Straight him. just drove him to the hole. Yeah, to to into his chest. <laughs> like, I don't that care. Was, that, I'm getting past that him. Man, yeah. that, that was one of the most impressive things I've seen in the bubble, both from that team having the confidence in to do to, to do that and him actually executing. And Jack, going off of what you said, it's got to be so nice to see. I mean, you know, I mean, he's a superstar and he's amazing, but to be at this level and he's still performing um, – I don't want to make everything about Paul George, but it's you know the opposite of Paul George. You, you get to see your superstar perform at the highest level and the highest stage, which has got to be extremely right. Exciting. Right. I mean, give, I mean, give Jokic right. a little credit and, here. I mean, he's he's not even. I think it's a little insulting to even bring up Pandemic P or PG thirteen percent, whichever your favorite <laughs> insult is, against Jokic. I mean, really, it, it's a whole different tier of players. Right. Right. They're not even in the same conversation. That's that's so true. Mm-hmm. But uh, what, what were you saying, Jack, before I cut you off? I don't think I was talking, but if you oh, want me to go off, I'll go off. <laughs> <laughs> don't tempt me, all right? All right, all right. But no, I, I think it's crazy how <laughs> he's able to go to that next level, though, every single time. Like, like, there's never even a question about who the ball is going to for that final shot. Unless Murray has, unless Murray's just dropping forty and is super hot. I mean, that's the only instance I've ever seen them not go to Jokic in the, in the final in the final for the last shots of the game on the right, one hundred percent. And yeah. actually, I mean, like he, actually, he seems like he executes series. at like a sixty percent clip. It's crazy. Like I don't see him ever fail in situations. Like, how's, no, how's right? that, how's like, that impossible? I don't. Yeah, I don't think I could single out a. Uh, you know, fourth quarter, like, game situation play where he missed the shot down the stretch. Like, I can't think of one off the top of my head right now, and that just goes to show you, like, how, how clutch he actually is in those times. So, you know, All right. hopefully he'll have a couple more opportunities this series and they'll be able to close him out. <laughs> close him out. Funny. Close him out. Do we want to uh, just quickly discuss the final play of game two? I mean... Well, I mean, I think we should kind of go through the whole last minute, though. I mean, because there's really four four buckets in a row. So we go. Was it the? Because Yoke had the tip in first, right? Yeah. So Jamal. Walk, walk, so let's walk. Three. Let's just walk me through your thoughts, Jack. What, 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 how are you feeling? All right. So as the 
shot goes up, and it's a straight air ball, and, and Yoke tips it in. <laughs> what, 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 what are you, what's going through your mind? What are you thinking? I was feeling good, then I was feeling bad, then I was feeling really good. Mm-hmm. That's and then the, what? Those wow. are my thoughts. I mean, and then what? Jokic to to have the <laughs> the ability to locate that ball and have the finesse to tip it like in the direction that needs to go like that's that's insane like I I've never too, seen a play place. like that and yeah to do it at that <laughs> point in that yeah okay <laughs> but in that point of the game like that's that might have been the clutchest shot of of the game but. Um, then I mean you go down. So what? What was the next possession, Chase? I'm sure. So you then, <laughs> well then that well then Wait, there's just there's, a, just there's a comment, the just a comment on that play. I don't know who it was, but I remember the first 18 seconds of the play, shot clock. It felt like was completely wasted with Gary Harris or someone else just holding and dribbling the ball and not doing a damn thing. And that's why Jamal Murray kind of had to put up that shot so late. Just wanted to put that out there. Right. If it's one minute left, yeah. you should. If your name's not Jamal Murray or Nikola Jokic, you shouldn't have the ball in your hand. I think. Okay. Yeah, just step <laughs> off the court. <laughs> just give as much space as you can to those guys. Hundred percent. All right, but then, all right. So then, so then, AD, then AD drives on the floor, goes in, has has the floater over Yoke. <laughs> Then what's going through your minds? Are you thinking, all right, guaranteed, we're going to hold – I mean, I think they had about 27 seconds left, 28 before that, yeah. as they had the post – no, no, no. There's a little bit more time than that, actually. So it wasn't going wasn't to be holding for one last possession no matter what. No, yeah, you're right. I, I mean, honestly, at that point, I was just so happy to, like, be in a situation where we could take a go-ahead bucket, you know, with all of mm-hmm. the – the miss free throws going down the stretch. Like, we were playing oh, terrible. lights out, playing clutch, but – like to actually see that you could take the lead again, like you know, all you need is one bucket, one stop, and you got Jokic mm-hmm. on your team. Like you like your chances there. I was oh, pretty excited sure. to be honest. Like you know, erase all of this, uh, this terrible first three quarters, and you know, let's go from here. But yeah, then then obviously the next play, just domination. We talked mm-hmm. about, mm-hmm. and Anthony Davis is weak. People are saying, no, who, who's saying that? I mean. Jack's sources are off the... Yeah. Your sources are worse than my sources. <laughs> yeah. That's it's, okay. uh, he started the show with Denver's Instagram page, and now he's made it to Denver's Instagram comments. I think yeah, I think yeah. the Nuggets are actually is my comments next. that I'm putting on the page. So. <laughs> my source is myself online. But yeah, I mean, legit. Yeah, true. <laughs> I'll say so you're. Then, yeah. <laughs> I'll say you're. I'll say you're, you're, you're reputable, Jack. I think you're a pretty reliable guy. Thank you. I mean, that's why you invite me on this pod, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's the reason. Um, all right, so let me get down to the last Lakers possession um, when they're absolutely scrambling, like the most panicked and distraught, and just overall not confident I've ever seen the Lakers team. In my in all, pretty much all season long, so I mean, how, I mean, how are you feeling as as you're just basically working them for that 22 seconds as they're just wasting time and knocking up any quality shots? Yeah, that was awesome. I mean, <laughs> I had already counted the dub, you know, like oh. it was such a bad possession for them to like pull that out. I think they're absolutely flustered. I think you said it right. Mm-hmm. They really just didn't have a game plan. Like they might have had a play called, but. 
absolutely poorly executed. And that first shot, like, I, I all I remember is screaming, "You need to get this offensive board! Like, you got to get that rebound!" Because yeah. they had been getting, they had been giving up rebound mm-hmm. after rebound all game. Like, between that and free throws, man, that's what did us under. But mm-hmm. I mean, to not get that and then still have Jamal block, I think it was, it was Danny Green shot it from the corner Mm -hmm. to block it and then to almost save his own block like he kind of had it i don't know how he was not able to get that to Millsap though like i really felt like he had had control and possession it just seemed like a fluky weird turn of events in that like like, in that quarter of a second just i don't understand before that final play i mean i feel like if you're denver you're also thinking about not getting that board before danny green even gets that shot up like if you're able to get that board, then it's game right there. Right. Exactly. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. then then we're in like the scenario, and it's like, all right, we got like one second left. Millsap shooting two. I mean, no way to get any sort of quality shot. Lakers had timeouts too at that point too. Right. So guaranteed. That's for sure guaranteed dub. That's painful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Preaching <laughs> to the choir. And then yeah, we can talk about it, but Mason Plumley on that possession just not guarding ad thinking that it's going to be a screen switch like trying mm-hmm. to switch with jeremy grant just terrible communication like i mean i've i've replayed it in my head a couple times like he definitely is at fault which is a shame because he is probably the guy you want in that situation right there and i mean i knew they were going to ad i think everyone knew you know he's the hot hand he's gonna want it over lebron but you have to guard LeBron on that. Like you can't let him mm-hmm. switch, like slip. So I get where his head's at, but like, come on, you can't give him an open three for the game the way he's been playing. Well, the play, like, right. the play was called for LeBron too, with Plumlee mm-hmm. not following AD and double. Right. I think there's kind of a communication shot. after the fact, like post huddle, where they're just like, because I think LeBron claims he was a part of the like whole decoy strategy too. I mean. <laughs> Because it seems like he kind of—I mean, it seems like he was part of it too. I don't—I'm not sure the I think he was. sequence of events there. Because because Bogle was like, "All right, here's the play," and then AD said he was talking to Rondo about it. But uh, yeah, it was weird that LeBron, yeah, LeBron didn't even try and make any move at all. That's what I thought was surprising about the whole thing is that Holmes still stayed with him, even though LeBron made zero efforts to get the ball whatsoever. Yeah, I mean intentionally, yeah. but still. I feel like he would have slipped to the three if Plumley wasn't on him at that point. He was like an unintentional screen, and he figured just stay here right right yeah i mean it wasn't even a screen like plumly had (laughs) to get through like i don't know what it was going through but that was you know forget about it move on yeah well one game closer to three one (laughs) yeah exactly exactly. you you, you need you need they're saying no we do and plus now you can almost guarantee the lakers will probably I mean, I think it's I think it's probably a lot of people are saying Nuggets win tonight. I mean, seventy one percent of the bets right now are on Denver plus seven, which isn't necessarily saying they're winning, but I mean, I think there's an overwhelming amount of well, disrespectful too. That's just ridiculous. Like it's been plus seven first two games, but after game two, I'm not sure how you can leave it at plus seven. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that game one was so horrendous that you, there are two Laker teams that could come out. You know. Yeah, exactly. And it's just a matter of betting on which one of those is going to show up. But I think they have a shot. I mean, I, I definitely don't want to guarantee it like last series as well as that worked out for me. I think, me, you, I think, you, I think you should, honestly. I, I think, think it's probably the only way it's going to happen. Sure. I think you should guarantee You should guarantee well, a 3-1 think. comeback, so, honestly, right now. Yeah, it's the only way actually, it's so 
So game seven's on Wednesday. I can guarantee I'm coming back on this podcast to talk about game seven. Wow. Okay. How about that? That's what I like to hear. Do you want to bet your firstborn on that? No, no. second. Bo- oh, mm. Well, I <laughs> already Chase's Chase firstborn, right? I think uh, I'm Chase's firstborn because oh, of the Clippers that's... series. So I'll, <laughs> I'll put him up for. Okay. Bet. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm down for that. So. Double down. Double down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fine then. No, it's, it's fair game though for me to use your firstborn later on then. All right. Fair enough. All right. Deal. Sweet. For the finals. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Bet. Some real loss. All right. That might be worth it at that point, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, right. I think your biggest—I think the biggest thing you'd be concerned about is, uh, or actually, maybe it's not be a positive for you—is uh, AD might just be the most confident man on the, on planet Earth right now, going into Game Three, <laughs> which could go one of two ways. Either AD, I mean, though his biggest problem has always been the lack of confidence, as far as his you know being able to take that superstar you know one role on on the Lakers. Uh, but who knows? I mean, he, he might just he might just throw up some crazy shots. Think he think he can basically hit anything on the court tonight. So who knows? Yeah. One of two ways: either terrible shooting he's nights, probably, or he just goes off for forty. He's probably playing with a chip on his shoulder because he's undoubtedly reading the the Nuggets Instagram feed right now. He's not <laughs> I mean, who is there at this point? He's about to get bodied again. So I mean, we'll see. I'm looking forward to it, man. I hope we get some more Jokic AD matchups. Because they really don't guard each other ever until the last couple last last minute or so. But uh, I hope we get a little more of a rivalry, a couple more clips, and then going at each other during the game. That's all you can hope for, really. You can hope for more, but you can't hope yeah. for that as well. It'd be it'd be nice. All right. All right, Jack. Well, appreciate you being on. Yeah. Thanks for the invite, guys. Pleasure. See you uh, after, after See game, you seven. Before game seven. Game oh. seven. Before game seven. Can't wait. All right, man. Peace out. Good luck See tonight. Was that a yeah. Bart Scott reference with the can't wait? <laughs> I, hope, I hope so. That that clip has really, like, that was probably the most viral clip in the world when it happened for about, like, a year. And then no one, no one talks about it anymore. So underrated. <laughs> Jack is all about Jets culture, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> J-E-T-S, Justice Jets. All right. Should we transition over to the Eastern Conference Finals? Uh, I, su- I suppose so. I guess we can talk about how, how, much, how much hype Gordon Hayward is getting from the media right now. Is he? I missed uh, most of Game 3. So Yeah, this is probably I, not uh, a great informed podcast because I also didn't watch that much of Game 3. <laughs> <laughs> but all I all I know is that everyone's treating like everyone's like I mean that's the playoffs. Everyone's like everyone went from Gordon Hayward being the thing that held the Celtics back for the last two years to everyone being like, oh, he's the X factor. He's gonna be the reason Celtics win the series. Like, like I don't think well, the guy coming off an injury has, I mean, trying to get his shots up is gonna be the guy think, I'm relying on. <laughs> who we who's admittedly the fourth best player like in my mind I by think, decent margin. Like I would much rather have Jalen Brown in almost any situation over Gordon Hayward or Kemba for that matter. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think expectations around Gordon Hayward have just like really leveled out over the last couple of years. Yeah, I, so. I think the series might just be so boring that everyone's just thinking of just like, hey, here's a here's a new thing, you know, here's something that's happening that's <laughs> could sort of turn the tides. I mean, after Game One, I mean, we haven't had as many like crazy, crazy moments. I mean, I mean, always finally finally pull one out in Game Two through just toughness. Game Three was that really was just yeah. I mean. Game three, we saw better shooting from the Celtics. I mean, overall better team chem. 
But, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, it's going to go... You're going to have a lot of close games. <laughs> it's really going to come down to the final two minutes, both, you know, most in, most games this series anyways. So, I don't know. From an analysis standpoint, it's just really, it's just really tough because you just don't want to discredit either of the teams and how and how much they fight each each minute. I mean, that's a, that's a Eastern Conference basketball right there. Rough and tough. Back to 05 Pistons. Before. Goran Dragic has also, <clears throat> like, kind of stolen the uh, Kyle Lowry narrative as, like, Ooh, wow, this guy yeah. is what a competitor. Mm-hmm. This guy really grinds it out. <laughs> <laughs> so not not very skilled. We don't know why he's good, but he's good. So we have to come up, <laughs> with, uh, we have to come up yeah. with a narrative. We need some more, like, yeah, I totally agree. There's not enough European basketball player stereotypes, you know, outside of being soft. There's really nothing else. Like, they don't get any credit. Like, all the American white guys get gym rats, you know, like, real, you know, he's a a film junkie, tons of grits, like, all that stuff. Like, we get, there's tons of those narratives, but we don't get any, like, weird narratives surrounding European players, I feel like. Um, There was a New York Times article today that said Nikola Jokic plays basketball like it's water polo. So that, I mean, that's definitely a stereotype. Is that a roast? Is that a roast or a good, or a good I thing? I think it was a compliment. Um, but trying to drown his opponents? Or... I, he, I mean, his passes, I mean, you, you got like his one-handed passes across the court. Mm-hmm. I, I can definitely see the resemblance there. But also right. apparently just his uh, posture in the post and the way he shoots the ball. Um, Are they having a, a water polo like analyst going through this, <laughs> talking talking you through like well? There were I didn't read the whole article because <clears throat> that was past my reading level. I'm at seventh grade, but yeah. um, they had they interviewed like some dude on a water polo team in Denver to have him commentate, um, and I think Serbian water players may have also chimed in. I, I don't really know, but. It feels a little, feels like it's really going right towards the direction you wanted as far as putting more stereotypes on European players. I imagine, all I can think about is that writer going to his editor and just, for like the 10th time, proposing a different sport that Nikola Jokic plays basketball like. He's already gone through <laughs> hockey. He's already, he's, he's already gone, he's already gone through all the main sports. And he's like, dude, like, why, why are you so obsessed with the storyline? I don't understand. Like, how starved for content are you? And he's like, all right, hear me out here. I got a guy. Water polo guy from Denver. I swear to God. You can really break this down for me. I think we can get some good content out of it. Your favorite industry is dying. I mean, actually, that actually yeah. that article alone goes to show how how, how starved the New, New York Times is for any sort of relevant sports content. You should hire us or something for some legitimacy, you know. That's fair. This could be a New York Times podcast before you know it. Ooh, we're probably getting as many views, legs. to be honest. So no, we're not, we're not far <laughs> off. We could, it could only we're only going up. <laughs> yeah. So Nikola Jokic looks weird playing basketball. That's. Yeah, I think we've all agreed um, on that for a while. So this this Heat Celtics series, I think you're right. I mean, it's a good series. Um, I mean, I guess neither of us can really chime in on Game Three, but this is going to be. I yeah. think we agree. This is this has the signs of a seven game series. Like you could, if someone could go up. Heat could go up three one, and I would not roll rule out going seven mm. games one bit. The only thing that's I think I've probably the most well, not the only thing. I think the most important thing 
um, that I've learned from this, this NBA playoffs more than anything. And something I probably we usually like relearn every single year, but forget until the playoffs happens. Is just how like how mental toughness is essentially like sixty percent of playoff basketball. Like knowing like knowing where to be, yeah, yeah, staying 100%. disciplined to your game plan, like being like hyper conscious and hyper focused on everything around you, which is something like probably is a side effect of this the pressure of the situation and just how big the moment it is. Might be, but it might be more so this year with the bubble and the mental pressures of that. Right, and knowing and knowing that the two potential contenders won't be in this, you know, are not in this playoffs and will be a, a, a massive threat going into next year. So I think, I think there's a lot, a lot of. Yeah, for sure. Okay, see what? Are you talking about the Bucks in LA? What do you mean? No, no, no. I was talking about I was saying about saying the saying the Nets and the Warriors, like, like uh, knowing uh, that there's that, that that the playoff field is diminished a little bit on the on the top end. You know, like I feel like for a lot of teams, they feel like it's the, it's their window. You know, like this the Celtics have to, sorry have to start paying the young stars pretty soon and won't have this kind of like fun young roster with lots of depth to it moving forward. I mean, yeah. the Heats are in a weird spot financially where they're kind of just, you know, they're still, they can't make too many moves outside of trades because they have a lot of tradable contracts, but, you know, not tons of cap space. And the Lakers, for sure, just knowing that LeBron's aging and the Nuggets knowing that it's just, the West is just going to be brutal every single year and they'd mm-hmm. rather get their chance now. I mean, well, as far as that impacting the players, I feel like players, you know, they do not. I mean, if you're thinking about that, you're probably not true. There's there's a all. small element to it though. I mean, I, I guarantee mm. you, it's on LeBron, it's on LeBron's mind. Like at least for him, yeah, I, I mean, knowing I, knowing I, how yeah, important LeBron legacy and his, is and how like winning how winning winning another chip is basically like a necessity for him fair. at this point. And I'm sure if he doesn't get another motiv- ring, there's gonna be a lot of hate for him. And he knows that's it. motivating for him. I'm thinking like mm-hmm. if you're Jason Tatum and you're thinking about you know what we're gonna have to start paying these guys soon. Like I gotta. True, 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 true. That's a fair point. Yeah, for those three teams, not as much, for sure. Right. But, yeah, I was actually thinking about that as well, how open, like, you know, you could have asked me a year ago who's going to be in the Western Conference and Eastern Conference Finals, and maybe I would have gotten the Lakers, but I I don't know if I would have guessed the other teams here, um, Boston probably being the other most likely team. Well, we've already proven that a month ago we didn't know (laughs) any of the teams were going to be in this. That's yeah, fair. The bubble. I think the Lakers. Were, I think the Lakers. I didn't pick the Lakers, honestly. Really? I mean, the yeah. Bubble I'm pretty sure I picked own... the Clippers, actually. Just kind of hedge, hedge my hedge my bias. <laughs> the <laughs> bubble has its own like challenges to it, but yeah, uh, you bring up a good point with Golden State and Brooklyn not being around. This being a more open year. One thing I was thinking is, does LeBron not being in the if Denver wins this series? Does LeBron not being in the NBA Finals, let's say it's Denver and uh, Miami, does that mm-hmm. delegitimize this bubble one bit? Like, I hate to give LeBron this much credit, but if oh, Denver I love wins, it though. Please. I, I mean, it's almost like, I mean, they, they play, they play, that's the same playoff format and it's just as challenging as ever. But if Denver comes back, let's say Denver did come back for 3-1 again. They've already done it twice. It's, Mm-hmm. That wasn't going to happen outside of the bubble, right? That is correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that is that is true. I and, think. Uh, go ahead, you go ahead. To, I mean, I feel like you have to digest that championship. Whoever wins this championship, um, I don't want to say asterisk, but there is a little. I mean, you're going to rem- remember what happened and how they won this championship. It was different, right? 
and that and that's one way one way of looking at it. And I think that's and I think you're I think you're probably right about the whole three-one comeback thing. That's probably the strongest points of your argument for sure. I just think that no matter what, the circumstances are still extremely tough, regardless of mm-hmm. you know being the home team or the away team and having that having that advantage. I just think that <laughs> I mean the quality of basketball we're seeing is feels raised in a, in a weird way. And I, like my only one thinking that like. I think we've seen so many more crazy moments and just mm-hmm. like it just feels like more pure in a weird way, right? Like, like mm-hmm. the Super Bowl, like the Super Bowl in, in a sense is like the most fair, like the most fair way of doing it, obviously. And it never feels it just feels like a you know a, a pure neutral mono mono, no outside factors. It's just yeah, it's just us and them, you know. So in a way, it kind of legitimizes it even more that in spite of, with with equal level playing field, like. You're the, you're the better team. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I think it does feel way more intense at moments because it's literally... It's also, I mean, not having fans there. As a fan, I'm sure a lot of fans don't think. But during the game, I do remember, like, wow, these guys are in a bubble. They have, they're, like, living in a freaking hotel um, mm-hmm. for months of their life to be there. Like, it does feel like right. like everything's raised. The stakes are raised. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm saying, you know, that not, that asterisk in a negative way, pers- not necessarily. Um, it, is, it, is a, it is a factor, could, though. I agree. It I mean, is a factor. You can't, you can't ignore the bubble. It's changed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Agreed. I just think if we're looking at it and we don't have any of the one seeds and teams that we no one really saw making it or teams that we didn't really see, I, I think it's – you have to consider the circumstances of the bubble when you look back on the season if it's Denver and Miami or something. Most, like most definitely. And I think that, yeah, exactly. And I think the only team that's, like, I don't think that will get brought up unless Denver gets to the finals. <laughs> so, so I agree. On your on your original point, like, if it's Nuggets Heat, like, the Nuggets are probably the only team that has benefited, probably the team that's benefited the most, for sure. And that will actually be brought in the conversation. But, I mean, if the Nuggets beat the Lakers, I mean... All, more, all, all the more respect to them. I mean, then if they do, if they do it, and they deserve it. So I, I, I probably, I'll try to hold it against them. Despite I, I say that now, having a two zero lead as opposed to, <laughs> as opposed to not. So it's easy, easy to say that now. But uh, my thoughts will probably change dramatically if the Nuggets were to actually beat the Lakers. In this, we'll win the series. That is. This whole thing is gonna be so much more profitable for Adam Silver. Uh, if LeBron makes it to the finals, oh for sure. I mean, Lakers do get an obscene amount of calls. Like even even if someone's cheering for them, it's 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 ridiculous <laughs> because you just see I the mean, bewilder. That... Like there's like five times a game where you just get like not even anger, but like people start getting defeated. There's like, come on, man. Like how are you gonna keep calling that? It's like a bewilderment at a certain point. They're just like, yeah. that's the, the, the these calls. You're making that call. Okay, all right, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And it happens yeah. almost on every single 50-50-50 play. Lakers will get it. You cannot tell me there's yeah. not a factor of the league's interest being involved in it. I mean, you have two Hall of Fame caliber players. That definitely helps. Yeah, true. Yeah, when you have some more star power, you definitely get more calls. And LeBron for sure gets way more calls than he should. But, uh, you know, that's just, that's just been the way it's been ever since Kobe left, pretty much. Rip. All right. Um, yeah. So there's another little conference um, that's also on TV nowadays. Have you heard of the NFL? Uh, I, I I tune in from time to time. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a good it's product. Actually, it's a good product. Yeah, I've actually it's, yeah I've started watching a lot more this year, man. Like uh, people, were, yeah, there's been a lot of hype about the NFL. I really get it now, man. Really fun time. It's uh, it's like remember the XFL. 
it's like that, but with that, with less Mark Tressman and more Cam Newton and Russell Wilson. So Ooh. generally, I mean, it could, <laughs> I don't know if that's better or worse, but it's different. It's different. You you're, very be care- you're very Alba. careful. Our, our, our Canadian, our Canadian audience might might uh, take that very personally. Coming after Mark Tressman. First Turkey, now Canada. I can't. I have to stop talking. Yeah, you, you this, this this nationalistic side of you, Sid. I've never seen this from you. Uh, a, little, a little discouraging. <laughs> you should check out my second podcast. <laughs> anyway, so let's America, uh... America first with Sid Conner. <laughs> stop, stop, stop. The sponsors, the sponsors are not. We'll cut that up. Okay. Um, so we, we want to just go in order of the games. I mean, the Bears are two and zero, but fine, we can go in order. Okay, well, no, 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 no. You seem hyped on the Bears. Let's get your Bears hype out. After, you know, two of the worst victories I think <laughs> that have ever been televised okay. on national Look, television, the I Bears deserve a, a, a small amount of credit. After last week's recording, I, I was a little disappointed with myself because I'm trying to control my expectations. But, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like it led me to be too negative on the Bears. The Bears are 2-0. and 2-0 is 2-0. Wins are hard to come by. This is true. This is true. Um, I don't care who we play. If we can get to 3-0, like, you can't – I mean, that's going to – it's going to be hard. Then I'm thinking maybe this is a playoff team. Maybe we can make the playoffs. Uh, the defense – Well, I definitely agree with that. Nope. I think the Bears make – I think the Bears <laughs> actually – actually, the Bears definitely make the playoffs in a weird fucked up way. You, you're going to say that, just because right? their, their division is just so bad. You're guaranteeing the Bears make the playoffs? Are you guaranteeing that the Bears make the playoffs, Chase? Okay. Chase is guaranteeing that the Bears make the playoffs. Technical difficulties there, folks. Um, apparently, if uh, I was actually trying to find out what at what point in the game Saquon hurt his knee, so I could delegitimize First the half. Bears' uh, second win. Yeah. Well, I found that out. Apparently, if I uh, listen to any audio on my computer besides this, then my uh, I won't be able to hear you or me be able to talk. So from here on out, all, all my research, <laughs> side research, will be on my phone to avoid that problem. Um, but Sid, That's what were you a, saying? Um... About that's bear. a call to our. That's a subtle call to our sponsors to give us, have us more, give us some more resources so we can actually fund a com- second computer. Um, or if, 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 if the recording software wants to give us sponsorship, we'll happily use you. Not disclosing our current uh, software, but uh, they would like to hop in. It's not too late. Yep, yep, yep. This is the perfect ad. This would be a perfect time to advertise. Uh- yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, exactly. Okay, first off, the Bear, the Saquon got hurt in the second quarter, and the Bears dominated the, the first quarter. Half. I might add, thirty seconds what? in the second quarter. Thirty seconds. Okay, in well, the, the Bears, the Bears dominated the first quarter. Mitch proved that he was a fourth quarter quarterback last game, and now he's a first quarter quarterback too. So we're still in one quarter at a time, little by little, piecing it together. Eventually, he'll figure out how to run a two-minute two minute offense. I mean, you, yeah, it, it, it building blocks, though. It's Next progress. development. Um, he is... <laughs> Three years down the line. He, he, was he the second-best quarterback in the NFC North this week? That would... Ooh, man. You're really... Uh, as a Stafford guy, I'm really... 
I'm really not comfortable allowing Mitch to be ahead of him right now. But uh, last week he was done better for Kirk Cousins, though. That's a guarantee. No discussion about way that. To, way to assume I put Stafford at three. Um, I'm not going to disclose those NFC North quarterback rankings. Are you, I think I think you kind of have to at this point. I, I will later you can't down the season. That's, like that. it that's, about something, that's something to tune into. But I'm saying Mitch might be at two for me right now. And Nick Foles might be in the top four. I'll just put it out there. Um, but this deep, you know what? You know what's funny? Um, not to, I know we have a big slate of games to go through and not to uh, talk too much on the Bears. on our games. We actually, we watch them more intently, I'm sure, than the other. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, you know, going into the season, I was really thinking offenses are going to struggle more so. Um, because of the lack of preseason games. Offense generally requires more coordination where defense ends up being more of an instinct game. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I figured it's defenses, game for sure. Yeah. defenses would definitely uh, perform better. But I think the Bears defense is not up to the point to where I was expecting them to be, uh, almost allowing a comeback with Daniel Jones and Deion Lewis. Uh, they Dean Lewis as their backup running back. Oh my god, that was the running back. <laughs> Horrible, choice, Jesus Christ. Um, you know that's not good. That's not what you want to see. But no, no, you no, know, league, line mm-hmm. across the league, we're seeing that defenses are struggling right now for whatever reason. I think I think that NFL is calling less holdings and just I think calls generally go against the defense as is. But maybe to just help make this a smoother game without preseason or just cater to the audience, have it be a faster pace. The route it's gone is catering to the offense. So um, defense is struggling league-wide, so I'm not super concerned. I think the defense will continue to gel. We do have a few new pieces on that side of the ball. But if they can, I think this offense has can be serviceable enough to get you into the playoffs um, if the defense takes a few more steps. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if if they play conservative football run, and folks are running the ball, I mean, putting Mitch in positions where he can't succeed, you know, like a, you know, like more bootleg actions, more RPOs, you know, things that he, things that he excels at, you know, not forcing him to throw the ball thirty yards downfield, mm-hmm. which he I'm won't. Not conf- he I'm won't. not confident he can he do won't. with a tight spiral. I don't know how much you've seen the Bears, but he won't. You can't force him. He won't do it. He'll hold on to the ball and take the sack. <laughs> you, you could try and force him, but he's just like, actually, uh, he's I'm not going to do good. it. So, I mean, down. it's almost, you know, last season was excruciating because I've said this before. It was almost more painful. Like, I'd rather have you throw 20 yards, know that you, you can't, throw some picks so that we can go a different direction. But he refuses to throw the ball. So we don't even know. We don't even know what his 20-yard down the middle throw looks like yeah. long-term plan being kept around for his second contract. Yeah, honestly, it's honestly, like, you know what? I, if I just don't give them anything to judge me off of in a negative sense, mm-hmm. I can just be mm-hmm. a project quarterback forever. No, hundred percent. It's, it's the chase Daniel route or the Colt McCoy Ooh, route yeah. as opposed to the but played a little smarter. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like no that. one knows. No one knows what I'm capable of. I'm never going to get put in. Let me take that <laughs> 10 year backup route. Which is not the route it's going. I just want to put it out there. Obviously, we're getting to the playoffs, and this is a this is a playoff team. Mitch is probably getting extended because I, I'm willing. Pro, to, pro I, I actually am willing to guarantee that, just for the sake of um, hedging my bets and not allowing you to talk shit on me when I said they weren't a playoff team. Because the Bears are just going to find a way. Like they have a super weak division. They've already they're already two and zero. I mean, 
which is a great platform to work off of and still lose a lot of games with and still make the playoffs, especially with an expanded wild card. Mm-hmm. I have a, I feel like you're playing some sort of game because you're rooting for the Bears to extend Mitch and you want a decade more of this. Yes. Yes, yes okay. I do. Mm-hmm. That is my, that is my, oh man. I mean, Chicago Bears, uh, QB, um, QB sadness is really one of my favorite things in the whole world. I mean, between you, between you and Big Cats, uh, I mean, I, I really just, you know, I, like several hours of my week, I can just be spent just uh, knowing that's going to be a constant in my life, which is great. So I appreciate I you being a part of a part of it, Sid, giving your honest opinions, <laughs> your honest emotions about Mitch. It really helps the pause. Whatever the Bears, the Bears are back. So whatever. Watch yeah. out. My two and O, two and O. Same record as the Hawks. Also, what? one last note on the Bears. Uh, Mitch actually throws the most accurate duck in the league. I'm calling him. I mean, he's the Arch Duke of throwing accurate ducks. You know, behind your boy, uh, Peyton Manning. Old Peyton Manning. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. Yeah, that's fair. He doesn't have. You don't. You know what? That's that stuff's overrated anyway. But yeah, I get it. His spiral. Right. Throwing, throwing a catchable ball. Who needs it, right? Yeah. I'm Receivers not, are good not. enough. They they have these. They, they have the they, they have insanely gloves. It's fine. They'll figure it out. But just to touch on the other team before we move on to the other games here, uh, Giants are obviously in a, a terrible, terrible situation with Saquon getting oh, hurt. In worst case, I mean. But it's... also, David David Gettleman's missed on so many. He keeps signing guys that get like. No one can stay healthy on this team. Evan Ingram is injury prone. Uh, I think Sterling Shepard may have gotten hurt in this game. Shepard, Shepard is quite Golden, injury prone. Golden Tate Golden is very Tate injury is, prone. He's, he's he's barely alive. Um, so I mean, I, was, I keep I keep thinking he's going to be the best receiver on that team. <laughs> Every single year yeah. in fantasy, I'm like, you know what? I could really use some Golden Tate. He's really going to turn it on this year, and it didn't happen every year. It's like plays nine no. games. Hurt with like Darius a sore shoulder. Is not, you don't, Darius Slayton is not a number one guy. He's going to be like your number. So this is a poorly constructed team. I feel like they're 0-2, I think, for the fourth consecutive year. You might be looking at another top five pick. It's brutal. It's a poorly constructed team. And I don't, I don't Daniel Jones, even if he is worth, worth a top five pick, he doesn't have enough to work with to make anything out of this season. Yeah, so their the O-line just terrible. Their O-line is just so, is just so bad. I don't understand why teams don't just build around the O line first. Like, you can make most so many skill players and QBs look good by just having a good O line. Like the Pats have been, Pats have been doing it for first their entire ten build all of the Belichick's ten years. Just have a good good O line, and you can have a pedestrian quarterback like Tom Brady uh, turn to the goat. And, and also, I'm not I'm not going to dig into I have enough Aaron Rodgers hate on this podcast. I don't, I don't want to dig into that one. Um, yeah. But, yeah, right, I, well, Bill, I mean, you can – O-line, I, I will – like, it's hard to find good O-line. And they're not that cheap and that accessible. People yeah, don't give up. valuable to have a good O-line coach more than anything. Guys, when you don't even coach, coach got be able to, Yeah, you definitely be able to. The Pats have done that, too. They've coached up right. their O-line for decades. And the Hawks actually right. had, a, had a terrible offensive line for the last couple of years until they hired – uh, Solari, now they're O-line passable. There you go. Crazy. Yeah, coaching, developing O-line uh, might be one of the most, like, coachable positions. So, based so on underrated. technique. Like, I, I, you gotta pay a premium for someone like that, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. You, it, it's so based on technique. 
uh, you could really coach up O line as opposed to more skill positions. Get, get athletes, guys, you know, quick hands, sizable dudes. I mean, you, you, you can turn a lot of guys into a really good O lineman for sure. Assuming they have the tangibles beforehand. Um, but yeah, Giants, Giants are officially um, on my ignore list. Uh, I don't think I'll ever, I don't think I'll probably watch a Giants game the rest of the year um, unless there's a more important team playing them, which is pretty much everybody at that point. It's on if it's on Monday night football or Thursday night football, you'll watch. Well, yeah, I'll have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't say it. I'm not going to be paying attention that hard, though. I'm not going to be trying to do any deep takes on the Giants, to be honest. I mean, other than trying to evaluate whether or not Daniel Jones is good or not, which I still can't figure out, but maybe, maybe one day. Yeah, that's not saying much, but I'll let you have it. I don't think anyone's – I'm not thinking about the Giants. Also, Bears didn't cover. Real, real shame. Four and a half, four and a half point favorites. Insane line. Good, good teams win, Chris, uh, Sid. I almost called you uh, Chris, by the way, <laughs> for the millionth time. And great teams, good co- and teams, great teams win. Cover. Oh, good okay, teams win. Great teams up. cover. Do you want to check the NFC North standings so that I don't give a damn? <laughs> uh, let's move to the, the Packers. games. Um, all right. Well, let's let's get let's get these let's get these, the Hawks and Pats game out of the way. Um, I think it's one of the more interesting games of the weekend. Um, so I'm gonna get get our takes in now and get all my and I can get all my Seahawks love out of the way early and be less annoying the rest of the podcast. Um, Sid, would you like a stat? Uh, yeah, I was looking. Why did you hire a numbers guy, or you're gonna be the numbers guy for this stat? I, I actually, I did some deep diving into numbers. I got my own spreadsheets, did a little, ran some regression models, and I found out that Russell Wilson has 11 incompletions on the year. And nine touchdowns, passing. I don't think he has a rushing touchdown this year, so I think we're I think we're good on that stat. But yeah, that's just uh, it's complete insanity. Russ has turned into uh, peak efficiency while still like same efficiency he's always had while while having a much greater volume. Like I think he's getting a pushing even anywhere near forty passing uh, attempts is blowing my mind each and every game. And even after Pete's. Uh, we had run the ball comments uh, pr- prior to the Pats game, which basically made me think that we're going to regress back to everything we've been the last four years. Uh, it was it was nice. Uh, you know, I'm not sure he's playing mind games with media like Belichick was uh, calling, you know, Russ the best QB in the league, but... I don't think Pete's capable, but God. Yeah, I don't think he's uh, overthinking it too much. But... Uh, yeah, man, great, great, great win by the Hawks. Defense held up just barely enough, as always, and that's all I can really ask for. I mean, Jamal, all I need is Jamal to make like two or three key plays a game, and the Hawks defense will pretty much squeak away without giving up the game, which is really all you can hope for with with the offense as good as, good as the as the Hawks are and having absolutely no D line talent. Maybe maybe the, maybe the worst D line in the whole entire league, to be honest. Yeah, I couldn't name a Seahawks defensive lineman. Frankly, I can only I mean, outside of Jaron Reed and, and Collier, there's not many names that anyone in the league would know. That's good, though. That's a Pete Carroll team. If you're going to have a bad defense as Pete Carroll, you might as well glean into the secondary. Yeah, exactly. Everyone needs to be like, oh, yeah, yeah. But Pete Carroll always has a good defense. You can just fool people enough. <laughs> it's a mental game. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Here's a thought. Russell Wilson, I heard, said that he's the best quarterback in the game. Does that make you like him less because he's going against his humble Christian philosophies, principles? 
I actually had actually had a whole take on this. Is <laughs> is Future's kid getting to Russ? Ooh, yeah. I think I think, I think Russ is just trying to be cool for for Future's kid. Actually, that's, that's actually with the entire motivation behind this entire thing. I hadn't thought about that. That's actually a good point. I my whole thought was is Russ is having like a a frick you tour, like a like a screw you to heck tour instead of a fuck you tour because mm. <laughs> frankly he's doing he's doing the things that most star players, superstar players do when they're trying to get their name out there more and get some more respect, like, like in quotes, the media, like creating like a, a pseudonym or like a little nickname for yourself or a little, like, like a little moniker. Um, he had the corniest hype video for himself of all time, calling himself Mr. Unlimited about 40 times <laughs> in the cringiest fashion I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, combined with him calling himself the best QB in the league <laughs> And basically uh, knowing that he has to basically uh, complete 85% of his passes and uh, throw four, four TDs a game in order for Pete to admit that running the ball may not be the best idea every single time. As soon like, as he gets below that 80% number, Pete's going back to Chris Carson 30 times a game. <laughs> yeah, Russell going to have, have like a record year this year. Like, 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 like 80% completion percentage. Pete's like, well, but first round of the playoff, like, you know, division round of the playoffs, he's still going to be like, well, Carson, you're still getting 30 carries, though. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that is a strategy. Revert to his right? old ways. Um, I think, I uh, don't think that's the reason. I'm sure the number one reason they've gone this route is because of how good Russ is. But I, I think uh, in the past, Chris Carson has gotten beat up, and I think the strategy is beneficial in that way, too, when it's January and you do need to pound the ball 25 times. Having Chris Carson, Carson for getting hurt so much, here. so that Pete realizes mm-hmm. he can't rely on you. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 credit to you, man. Credit to you. Not everyone can be Marshawn Lynch. I mean, I think I obviously it's working. Um, you have a top five defensive player of the year and MVP candidate on both sides of the ball. That's got to be pretty fun. One thing that's uh, also two, two of the best defenders in the league. Cra- crazy enough. I mean, BYU is actually getting no attention now because Jamal Adams is just so good. Which is oh, a crazy Bobby Wagner. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I, I forgot. Ooh, that's fucked. I forgot about yeah, Bobby Wagner. Yeah. Um, Bobby Wagner is an absolute monster, and I can say that because I know what a good inside linebacker looks like. I'm sure this is your first time. Roquan Smith could at at some point uh, <laughs> could, could, could at some point become a B Wags type. They do have very similar skill sets. They're super, they're lightning quick, good tacklers, can cover, but obviously not at the same level. You know what's um, a sign of a team, well-built team too? Like when you, when you, uh, there's a few people this team is clearly built around. Um, Russ, I mean, is obviously driving that offense. Like it's not like he's got a ton of talent around him in offense. Um, but it, it looks yeah. so it looks so uh, smooth and so functional. Yeah, I mean, um, the fact that he's the fact that DK Metcalf is just absolutely manhandling Stephon Gilmore is mostly a testament to Russ and putting him in a position to succeed. Yeah. But uh, respect to DK for being a second-year player, wearing a pacifier in his mouth, and openly trying to fight Stephon Gilmore half the place. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that, I don't know if you've seen, I'm sure you've seen both Pete Carroll and DK Metcalf Clef, um, shirtless. I don't think he's scared to sure Who was more impressive, to be honest, mm-hmm. given their age? DK is a, I mean, is, Pete, is a, is a monster, would, but Pete, I thought, he was, I, I really, I mean, 
to be that to be that old and actually be willing to take off your shirt, like how many other coaches in the NFL would be willing to do that? Um, depends how many are that doing. Could probably um, do it. That would be willing to take their shirt off for a football player. Like you think there's six well, Cliff Kingsbury would do it regardless. But that's, that's you think that's there's six story. other like halfway fit guys. Well, Vrabel, Vrabel would do it for sure. Doug Marone would do it regardless of his weight, which I respect. Um, like Mike McCarthy is that is that is that kind of guy? Like any summer any summer barbecue, yeah, he's just like he's on he's on he's unbuttoning that that uh, that Hawaiian shirt. I really think Mike McCarthy is just a more brazen Andy Reid, but with way nah. less, but way more dumb, of course. I think Mike McCarthy has probably like gotten mentally fucked by Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he has the confidence anymore to go shirtless anywhere. Well, also, when are the Cowboys playing the Packers this year? I I need to, I need to see that. I'm not sure, but before we move past the Hawks Pats game, really, I do want to hit on the fact that somehow, I guess the risk is still injury, and that's why you can tell me that's why he wasn't signed, and we don't know if he's going to play 16 games. But Cam Newton didn't get signed until what June, July. That's a bad look. Now, I'm, was, I, oh my god, so many GMs are kicking this. Well, I think the fans should be kicking the GMs personally. There should be like a you know. One of those like town square, uh, you know, throwing tomato sessions like by that back in the Renaissance days, for like half the coaches, half the, half the GMs in the NFL. Like, there's no way you don't you shouldn't take a chance on them at all. We gave up a fourth round pick to get uh, Nick Foles. Not that he's not good. He knew the offense and that was the price, but uh, that's not what you want to see. It's really, I just don't get it, man. I don't understand why you don't take a shot on somebody who's been MVP and was only a couple of years removed from that. Like his shoulder was pretty bad last two years and I had lost a lot of confidence in him, but I mean, you're not going to take a flyer on him. I mean, if you, I mean, there's at least six or seven teams that should have really, really considered it. I mean, even for, I mean, even for even for a backup role, like you're not even gonna try. Hundred percent. Like you, yeah. you could. I don't know if Cam was gonna accept a backup role. Is the thing. Yeah. But there were positions you could have gone sure. and competed. And the other thing, I mean, his shoulder was bad. Yeah, I didn't want to speak on this too early in the season because, um, we don't know if he's gonna play 16 games. But from what he's shown thus far, it was a risk worth taking. Also, um, Cam is back to uh, basically tossing 100-mile-an-hour fastballs on every single throw, mm-hmm. and uh, it feels so good. <laughs> it feels like all is right with the world again, you know. There's three certainties in this world, uh, death, taxes, and the fact that Cam will never put any touch on a ball and will throw it as hard. He will throw a five-yard slant as hard as he would a 60-yard bomb. Oh, yeah, even that. There, there, even there is that. no dip in his arm strength. It is just mm-hmm. one level for every single throw. Yeah, no touch. He didn't make a touch throw in his entire career, which is fine. It's like he does a rocket arm. It's fine. It's the opposite of Russ. Um, even his MVP year, it was 60 yards. It would just be on a straight line. Yeah, exactly. A frozen rope. <laughs> like, yeah, basically basically Josh Allen. Uh, yeah, souped up version of Josh Allen. Or just maybe just Josh Allen. Which is actually a pretty good segue. F- Given Russell, before before we hit on that, given Russell Wilson's future vibe, 
he was also the f- most humble quarterback on the field for the first time in his life. So congrats to Cam on that. <laughs> yeah, even 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 Mister Unlimited can't uh, can't overtake Superman as far as charisma goes. Also, uh, Unlimited. <laughs> the uh, the Pats are fine. The Pats are still probably going to win ten games. The Hawks are good. Oh, and also, I will give Cam, Se- Cam a lot of credit. He he does look he does look amazing. Yeah, they went into Seattle and lost by. I'm not worried about it. Right, exactly. Yeah, crowd noise or not, it's it's still it's still it's still super impressive, especially considering how good the Hawks have looked too. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're pretty transparent. They traveled pretty far, different time zone. All right, well, Hawks had to travel to Atlanta last week, all right, which is about as far as it gets. I don't, I don't want to hear it. You can't get further than Atlanta. Maybe Florida. That's the end of the world. Anyways, all right. Well, let's let's touch on since we mentioned Josh Allen a little bit. Should we touch on a little Bills Dolphins quickly? And I mean, and by the way, I mean quickly. I don't want to spend hardly more than a minute on this. Uh, Josh Allen is really freaking good. I think the Bills are still um, – they're winning these games. I don't know if the Dolphins game should be that competitive, but I think the Miami Dolphins are really well coached. Um, I mean, this Bills team I is going to compete. I mean, we did. I don't think people wanted to jinx the Bills, but this is a good team. Oh, yeah, exactly. I think a lot of people the same way. It's just like, well, good defense, theoretically, you know, like Josh Allen should take a step, and he's already, like, <laughs> he had his first 300-yard game uh, in week one, and he has his first 400-yard game in week two. So we're just on pace to see Josh Allen throw for 1,200 yards in a game. Oh, man, point. I can I mean, at, at, at this rate, I don't know, man. His hands are huge. Mm-hmm. Very tall. Yeah, very, very big tall. guy. Mm-hmm. The truck he ran over a linebacker. Yeah, <laughs> I like having more mobile, ma- like massive QBs. You know, the cam, yeah. the cam mold. I, I, I love it. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun when I, QBs I, are protected, but can still dish, dish out hits. It's it's, it's pretty fun double yeah. standard as a, from a from a QBs, fan's point of view. The quarterback game. I remember even five six years ago. Remember when we used to still talk about pro, pro offenses and. You know, before the draft, you'd have to listen right. to guys talk about how this guy's never been in a pro. That has complete. We don't talk about that anymore. Yeah. It was basically testament to how cares? boring the league's offenses were at the time, really. I mean, it was also a different era, right? The guys who are at the top of the game get to kind of determine how the guys coming in are judged. So when Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Big Ben are the dudes dominating the game, you need a six-five guy that stands in the pocket. Um, so, but now with Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson running all over the, like, you're not, I don't really care if you need to be 15 yards back behind the center like Kyler Murray that needs to be. Exactly. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, why not just take talent and get weird, and get weird with it, you know? Like, <laughs> the Kingsbury hiring was super strange at the time, just qualification-wise. But, I mean, if he's willing to be creative and do things no one else is going to do, then... I mean, more power to him. I mean, overall, it's been so far, it's been a pretty promising hire, which is uh, crazy to even, to even say. But I mean, it was a show, man. Creativity is rewarded, especially if you're willing to just double down on it too and say, "All right, we're the only team doing this, and we're just going to make it. We're just going to find a way to make it work." Yeah, Kyler helps. Um, yeah, I agree. Next, <laughs> I agree. what's, what's uh, any other thoughts on the Bills, Dolphins? Uh, start to a. 
that's actually, I only had two notes. Uh, Josh Allen might be having a low-key MVP campaign at this rate. Mm-hmm. At this rate. I'm not saying I'm not saying he's, he's in my top five, you know, comes in, in the season, but he's what numbers he's putting up are pretty insane. And, uh, yeah, just start Tua, please. No one's tuning in to watch Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I think they're scared of screwing him up playing with the team at this this level. But I think second half, we'll, we'll see Tua for sure. All right, next game. Mm-hmm. All right. Now we're on to uh, maybe an even more boring game as far as the actual game, but exciting about the uh, actual implications. Uh, the Niners and the Jets. Niners uh, handled them 31, uh, 31 to 13, despite a uh, absolutely, absolutely torn apart injury-wise. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone really cares. If you're a Niners fan, it's the Jets. Like, the, how rewarding is that? Um, right. It only costs you. It only costs you four of your top players, basically. Getting to miss out on Nick Bosa is a huge bummer. Yeah. I mean, he's. I mean, he was setting up for like a defensive player of the year type season. I feel like with how good he was, but huge bummer. I think you know. I think you had mentioned you're not very high on the Niners before the season. I mean, you really can't be very high on them at this point. Jimmy G might miss multiple weeks as well. Yeah. I mean, honestly, they might even might not even do well. They're gonna get, they're starting to get healthier at receiver. <laughs> um, Debo will come back in the next couple of weeks, but yeah, man. I mean, you can only be like a run heavy dominant team. Um, you can you can't you can't be a dominant team that's run heavy unless you have a very good defense. In my in my mind, mm-hmm. and really losing Nick Bosa was pretty much the heart of that defense. Maybe one of the more, most valuable players to his team's defense in the entire league. Um, and without and without him and, like, a very, very, very good uh, D-tackle de- de- in, in, in Solomon Thomas, I mean, it's, it is a critical blow to their team. I mean, so it's, they, they, were already, they were already in a tough spot trying to fight back for these first couple of weeks trying to, while they were unhealthy, and it's only gotten worse. So I'm not happy about this, to be honest. You know, like I, I, I really like the Niners-Hawks rivalry, um, especially the one kind of revenge over last year. But it's not going to be the same doing it uh, when the Niners aren't at full strength. But they'll still find a way to make it work. But uh, my, pick, my, my take about them not being nearly as good as last year is pretty much cemented at this point. So that feels pretty good. Yeah, I mean, Kyle Shanahan's still an amazing coach, but he's an offensive guy. And without his QB, I don't know how creative you can be on that side. Um and you also, I mean, Solomon Thomas, but also D Ford. The defensive line has a lot of depth. There was the strength of that team, and now it looks depleted. You got three guys that are not playing. Right. Um, and, you know, Sherman, Sherman's on the IR right now. Um, another note there. So, I mean, they're they're hurt, they're hurting all over. I mean, their offense will still click. They'll, they'll finally make that work. I agree with you on that one. I mean, they can put it in pretty much put in any running back and they'll succeed. <laughs> I think I think yeah, we're back Frank, Frank Gore at this point. Get Matt, get Matt Breida back from the Dolphins. Let's just run it back. Get, 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 get the game back together. Trade two future first for Frank Gore. That's hot take. Um, yeah, I, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard. I, I feel like this season has eight and eight, nine and seven written all over it. If you're a Niners fan, so we'll see. The Jets on the other side. Oh my god. Wish eight and eight. Jesus, are you trading Sam Darnold if you're the first pick, first overall pick? If you're a Jets fan, like what's what are you hoping for? 
<laughs> That's a great question because honestly, like this is the year where someone would someone will trade up to get to get Trevor Lawrence for sure. It's, it's almost a certified. Oh, yeah, but if you if you get the first overall pick, I don't care who your quarterback is, unless you're like five or six teams in the NFL. You're yeah. are not going to I'm rooting pick. so you're... hard against the Jets getting Trevor Lawrence because they're going to fuck him up. Like they're the one team I can almost guarantee they his career will not turn out nearly as good as it should have. Also, fire Adam Gase, man. Get him the hell out of there. God. Jets are so fucking bad. I mean, it's, it's not even fun to make fun of them anymore. Like, it's just frustrating. <laughs> it's awful. They've never been – they were good for, like, two years under Rex Ryan in my lifetime. I haven't seen them. Or, yeah, that. And I, I saw them be good with uh, – I think I saw them be good when uh, the guy from Miami Dolphins went there and had, like, a comeback – Chad Pennington, maybe was that Chad Pennington? Yeah, Chad Pennington was there. Kind <laughs> of, kind of did. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was even that was even earlier. But yeah, that was. I mean, what nine seven or ten six one of those years. So I yeah, never called that the, too. They, they made the, I mean, pretty sure they made the playoff. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, they're, they're another like terrible O line team. Like not, <laughs> they're building. They're trying to. They signed one of the Hawks' worst ever offensive tackles in. Um, I think it was a, I think it was a Fetty. And, he, and believe me, he is—he is awful. And they're paying him ten million dollars a year. So yeah, terribly you know. run franchise, terrible team. Adam Gase needs to go. Sam Darnold may have been good, but he's been Clean ruined. House, <laughs> Sell the team, clean house. I'll put a third team in L.A. Fuck it, who cares? Let's get rid of the Jets. Are you talking man. about Jermaine Effetti? Jermaine Effetti, yes. He's on the Bears, you clown. I have to figure out who that who the. Um, that, that, that tackle is. Also, if Fetty is not awful, I think you guys drafted him in the first round. When you don't draft him in the first round, he's not that bad. He's just like a below average guard, and our line's doing fine. He's pretty bad. Anyways, well. Um, all right, yeah, let's, let's, let's get off that game. Uh, yeah, so. Yeah, tough, 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 tough look for both teams. Both teams really lost in that one. Um, all right, moving on. So. Now on to Broncos and Steelers. The Steelers barely do not cover, thanks to Jeff Driscoll's heroic efforts. Uh, by winning the game 26-21 at six-point favorites. And uh, all right, what's your initial thoughts? Uh, Steelers, one of the best, if not the best defense of the game still. So much talent. Um, George Fance. Okay. George Fance. Playing it. Dollars a year playing it. And he, and he really sucks. <laughs> um, he might have Bronc- comparing um, Broncos to the Niners season is obviously not as high as expectations, but if you're a Broncos fan, you're hopeful coming into this year. Yeah. It's like a, a fun talent, team, at least, you know. Quarterback, yep, yep, mm-hmm. yep. None of that, that, all of that's out the window. This season's a wash. You're fucked if you're a Broncos fan. You don't even get to see Drew Long. Yeah, no, I mean, like, all you get. Getting... next few weeks, it's just bad. I mean, all you can hope for is that Bradley Chubb stays healthy and that Jerry Judy mm-hmm. t- does something this year. I mean, besides that, you really have no expectations or hope for anything. Mm-hmm. I'm As actually a Jerry Judy f- fantasy owner. I am behind that. Agreed. Although, I have thought about this, though. The Broncos would be a really, really fun fit for Trevor Lawrence. I mean, they, I mean, oh, they, they, could be, they could be in that conversation. Like, no, no one's been talking about it at perfect. this point, but they could really be like a bottom five team. Uh, his hair would do so well in the Oh my god, yeah. 
Oh, it's it's it now. Head and shoulders is a sponsorship opportunity. Um, yeah, yeah. If they miss out on, on that opportunity, they're they're really messing up. Yeah, if Drew if Drew Locke plays eight games, I mean, and even if he looks like, I don't want to talk about Trevor Lawrence going to every team, but even if Drew Locke looks the way he looked last season, I, you're drafting Trevor Lawrence if you're the Broncos. But I don't think it'll get to that. I think that team's good enough to definitely avoid that. Vic Fangio coaches hard, um, but yeah, that that'd be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more of a dream scenario. Like, just because I want him to be in a good scenario, like, he's that good. That's more like the league is just going to be so much better if he gets it, if he just takes over, you know, right away. Ends up being as good as everyone says he is, you know. Right. So, um, um, but yeah, uh, I agree with the Steelers, though. Uh, absolutely just ridiculously good defense. Like, every single position, you're like, yeah, that's a that's a plus player at that position, at, at the very least. So much and then they had at least, like, five stars on that on that defensive team, on the defensive side. I mean, it's it's just unfair. Like, Big Ben doesn't have to do hardly anything for them to go 10-6. and six. Yeah, that's... 2,000 uh... yards, exactly. And they'd be, like, 10-6 comfortably. I think that could be a slower paced offense for sure. That doesn't need to be a high flying offense. Mm-hmm. Um, which is honestly, I'm sure that's a style of play Mike Tomlin's very comfortable with. I think he's going to love that. Um, what's our next game? Um, also, one, one, one last note on the Steelers. Uh, their, their receivers are insane. Um, yet again, they have like four quality receivers who are just. Uh, who, or I'm not sure if they've turned them into good receivers or if everyone else is just sleeping on them. I don't, I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense how they can do this yeah, every De- single year. Deontay Johnson's, if you're looking um, at his usage rates, as, oh, as, a, as, a, juju, as a juju fantasy owner, as a juju fantasy owner, his um, snap count and usage rate is disgusting. Yeah. Deontay Johnson's. It's, okay, yeah. Anyway. Also, yeah, juju is not getting nearly enough uh, – Looks his way, but anyway, yeah, but that's that's not a humor there. That's a, that's a juju owner myself. So, mm-hmm. uh, moving on um, to a fairly uh, pretty fairly boring game. I'm sure it's a fun game to bet on before the fact. You uh, are you you should stop. Are you advertising? Who are, are you rooting for the XFL to come back? Are you describing every NFL game <laughs> as horrendous and terribly boring? I'm sorry, man. Well, I, I'm just comparing to the to the Hawks Patriots. Like, uh, you know, the whole, the whole different scale nowadays. Um, but anyway, so Indy uh, beating the Vikings 28-11, a comfortable victory while everyone was seeing if the Vikings could uh, prove something. Well, it was kind of prove a game for both teams, really, after, you know, Vikings were close week one against the pack, and then Indy uh, also kind of underperformed a little bit throughout the expectations. So, yeah, man, your boy, Kirk Cousins, uh, Creed fanatic, really choked, really choked Kirk- the away. He's Kirk getting... Cousins um, is it, it's late Tuesday night. The podcast will be out Wednesday morning. So Kirk Cousins is about halfway to back to Minnesota since he was told to walk home. I think. Um, I think he'll be back in time for next week's game. But yeah, he was not allowed on the team flight after this game. And if he was, Mike Zimmer should be fired. This was one of the worst quarterback performances I can remember in the recent, like, in the last few years. Jesus Christ. I actually had this outline here because it was so bad. 11 for 26, 113 yards, and three picks. Uh, that comes yeah. out to less than five yards per, per attempt. 
record. I mean, that has to be like record bad performance. That's that's terrible. A lot of the times, you know, numbers do not tell the game, especially with quarterbacks. But Jesus, this was this may have been worse. That's as accurate, if not better, than how he actually played. He took a safety at one point. Um, I mean, Indy's good, but Indy's not a defensive. This is not how that team is built. Yeah. Um, it's terribly embarrassing, especially if you're a Vikings fan. And I, I picked the Vikes to win the NFC North. I mean, like, this defense is kind of going through a slight rebuild. It's much, much younger. They had to let go of a lot of older guys that needed to get paid or just were kind of past their prime. Yeah, Griffin, if you're Kirk exactly. Cousins, now is the time to step up. It's like a very, very, very poor man's let Russ cook. Make this offense work, man. <laughs> exactly. You it's, it's your not. team. Exactly. The pressure is on him. Like, for once, it's not he, just he you got supplanting everyone got, else. It's you, man. You have to be that guy. He got extended <laughs> Take ownership, man. What has happened? I mean, him and Dalvin Cook got extensions. And I know Dalvin, you can't put that much on a running back, especially if the O-line of the team around him is not operating. But this it was just yeah, exactly performance. Stefan Diggs looks smart if he did cause locker room trouble to get the hell out of there. Uh, I don't think he misses Kirk Cousins. I think. Are we sure Kirk Cousins isn't causing locker room problems? Like, what's everyone got to blame? The the guy who actually has talent for ruining the locker room. Like, if anything, it's more likely that he's just holding everyone accountable and uh, talking a lot of shit because they're underperforming team, which is something I want to have a good player, and that's not whatever the fuck Kirk Cousins is doing. Was that a shot at Gar Pax for letting Jimmy Butler go? Because I've been getting that a lot recently. Yeah, so, that's, so, a Bulls that's, fan that's, actually, that's actually directly what I was talking okay. about, yes. Poor organizations make good players leave. That's all I'm say about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a tale I'm familiar with. I'm very on edge, okay? You can't say things like that. <laughs> uh, Kirk Cousins just thought... I, I take no pride in this Colts win. Even I said the Colts are an underdog team this year, but I take no pride in this win because this was horrendous. And yeah, it really – although I was surprised by the amount of carries Jonathan Taylor got. They, they just <laughs> – they were trying to run this kid into the ground. They don't they, – they realize that he already had like three or four years of being run into the ground in Wisconsin. Like, this guy's going to be done by 27 at this rate. <laughs> and he just keeps giving yeah, him like 30 carries a game. I'm worried that's about what the NFL, I feel like NFL teams, that's what you do with your running back at the rookie year. That's the Only if they're really, year, really good. The most valuable time. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, his trouble is um, are his fumbles. So if he can hold on to the ball, he's going to be really good. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's move on. Already too much time on that one. Uh, all right. On to the Titans-Jags. Titans opened as uh, – closed actually as seven-point favorites and pulled it out barely, 33-30. Behind Minshew Mania, which, all right, I guess my first thing I got to say about this is, when are we going to stop treating Gardner Minshew like he's Alex Crusoe? Like the media acts as if uh, like it's oh it's still it's still a cute story oh it's so much like like, like no one's taking him seriously despite the fact that he's worlds better than Daniel Jones, with none oh. of the offensive help that Daniel Jones has. Oh wow, I. He has an all-pro running back. Like mm-hmm. Jacksonville has given uh, Minshew close to nothing besides DJ Chark. Yeah, and he, and he, he still throws 300 yards. They, they've deconstructed the team around him. They've tried to sabotage the season. So, yeah, the Daniel Jones comparison is good. I'm sure some of it does have to do with Daniel Jones playing in New York and Gardner Minshew playing for a team that's – obviously trying to lose or try, at least not trying to win games. 
Well, I don't understand. Like he actually is a is a good NFL quarterback in his second year, and people are it's it's almost like a write off. Like uh, he's probably like the thirtieth best quarterback in the league. Like uh, no, it's, it's, it's significantly higher than that, and he's he's gotten close to no respect. It, like, everyone just treats it as just like oh it was just it was just hype. But uh, I mean, I, there's a reason there's excitement around him. All I'm saying. I think part of it is Gardner Minshew. When you watch him, I think sometimes it feels like he's playing at his best and Daniel Jones because of his draft um, because of where he was drafted you're expecting him to get better which is I don't know if that's which is necessarily going to happen so um, I'd rather really, take a guy of, who's actually working hard and getting results right away than some project QB that's <laughs> I'd, rather have, I'd rather have Gardner Minshew than uh, Sam Darnold in almost every single scenario so you'd, have, you'd take Gardner Minshew over Daniel Jones or Sam Darnold right now yeah I mean, you just start naming young QBs, and I'll just tell you whether or not I'll take Gardner Minshew over them or not. Uh, Lamar Jackson. No. <laughs> well, well, it was not a quick no, though. I'll have you know. There was a, <laughs> a millisecond hesitation. <laughs> um, yeah, that's fair. Gardner Minshew, maybe. I mean, he's not going to have a winning. I mean, we're not, I'm not paying attention to the Jags. No, of course not. You can't. But that's probably another fair point. The Jags just do suck. Uh, on the other side, Ryan Tannehill, four tutties. That's kind of good. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I'm surprised by the amount of uh, throws they're make. They're they're uh, having him yeah. having throw. Like they're really going. Same, like a, it almost feels like a pass first offense at, at that point. Same. Uh, and again, um, I didn't catch too much of this game, but yeah, see, looking at the numbers um, as they were happening, like I, they're definitely tossing it more than I thought they would. I, I, I think this team does trust him to make plays, which is nice to see. Uh, we'll see how far it gets them. Yeah, and, and yeah, Henry had a relatively quiet game by his, by his standards too, which is uh, which is very surprising It's that defense. But, uh, I mean, Daniel made up for it. I mean, I, was, I actually watched this game a surprising amount. <laughs> I don't know how I did that one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Daniel actually looked, I, I test-wise, looked fantastic. Isn't this a part of the twelve o'clock slate? Uh, yes. So that's yeah, why you didn't see a whole lot. Of you it. can't. Yeah, you can't catch too much of that. Uh, yeah, as as the Bears were playing. Oh, well, next game. Yep. All right. So this one maybe the uh, you you probably take game of the day on this on this one. Uh, Cowboys squeak out a win, forty to thirty nine against the Falcons. That's three point favorites, which uh, pretty pretty fair line, but really pulled this one out of their ass. As, or the Falcons choked it away. Which one do you think it is? The Cowboys, ooh, typical sports uh, sports debate argument. <laughs> did the Cowboys win this one, or did the Falcons lose this one? <laughs> wow, I didn't. I did not see that. I you couldn't. I wouldn't have been able to predict that that's where this was going to go an hour ago, or I was going to be answering that question. <laughs> but if you're the Falcons, you're you lost this game. Like what the fr- what the hell are you doing? There was the Julio Jones drop in the end zone on the trick play, missed opportunity, giving up an onside kick, missed opportunity. You're responsible for everything that happens. And at this point, Dan Quinn, I mean, Arthur Bryant, super patient owner historically, but Dan Quinn's job is getting hotter and hotter. I don't want to talk about the Cowboys too long either. But I, I agree. I, the one point I want to make about the Cowboys is that how is Dak not extended after that game? <laughs> Like, what are you waiting yeah. for? How long are you going to hold this contract over his head for? Yeah. <laughs> and before you pay this guy? Like, like Dak is worth, is worth getting that, you know, like 
the, the typical top QB salaries, because no matter what, every good QB is getting paid, you know, the top QB amounts, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, I just, just pay him, man. Just We know we know Dak's good. There's, we just don't have a debate about this anymore. Just, give, just, get, just pay him, man. Yeah. Um, the market's only – I mean, they they would have signed him six months ago. Now he's north of 40, seems reasonable because of what Deshaun Watson and – Pat and Mahomes have gotten paid since we had started having these negotiations and these conversations. So, yeah, Dak's getting paid. You got paid. Just a thought. Who? I mean, just, well, I mean, maybe he's scared of uh, him starting to play like Deshaun after he gets paid. Now we're going to shit on Deshaun Watson now? Is that what's happening? No, no, no. It's a fake take. The, the Texans O-line sucks. It's not, it's not Deshaun's fault. Yeah, it's everyone's fault but Deshaun, and you don't want to say that, but honestly, it's, I'm not. I'm a great blamer of the O line. You can always, it's always a great cop out. Of course, I'm playing well, and you like him. You say, "Oh, it's O line." Yeah, the O line's probably bad. Yeah. <laughs> and no one's gonna, no one's gonna like say yes or no because no one judges the O line that much. <laughs> like, well, that's probably a fair point. And honestly, if you're playing under Bill O'Brien, you can you can play like ass. No one's yeah, gonna blame you. The terribly constructed team around Deshaun. <laughs> if Bill O'Brien's the reason why. Um. Yeah, super impressed. The Cowboys actually pulled this out despite the uh, the Falcons choking it away. It kind of made up for them blowing the blowing the Rams game on their own accord. So, fairly, fairly impressive win. Cowboys are still a middling to above average team that will have to try and figure it out despite having all this talent. Yeah, I'm not well, excited even, about. I'm not excited about either of these teams. Yeah, Falcons will be fun. Like I said, their offense is crazy good. <laughs> so I'll, I'll be looking forward to just every single person involved in their passing offense just tossing up insane fantasy points. Yeah, all three wide receivers are fantasy relevant, which is yeah. interesting. Also, there's a Roddy White reference in this game. <laughs> After Julio passed him for like most receiving yards or most catches as a Falcon. So that's pretty cool. Oh, wow. I, almost forgot, I almost forgot about Roddy White. Yeah, congrats to him. Yeah, shout out Roddy White. Come on the pod to discuss why you're so underrated. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say about, say about that. Falcons, absolute choke artist. Uh, did something historically bad. No one has ever pulled. I think it was like some stat where it was like like 440 teams uh, before that had won the game while being up like 30. 17 points going to the to the fourth, I think the stat like was scoring was 39 stat? points and not. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. 39, 39 points yeah. and no turnovers. Yep. Yeah. And you somehow fucked that up. Nice job, guys. Um, all right, moving on to Rams Eagles. Rams absolutely thrashed the uh, injury prone and poorly led Eagles, uh, who were two point dogs heading into this game after getting a lot of late action, I recall. There's there a lot of action on the Eagles coming after the game. For some reason, uh, everyone seems to think that they're the best team in the NFC East for some reason. I don't know why, but yeah. Well, when they're not hurt, I mean, I think they're right there. Um, they were very, they're still very hurt going into this game. Yeah, this team cannot stay healthy for whatever it is. Carson Wentz is not stepping up. Um, who cares? It's the NFC East. You can start 0 6. I'm not counting you out. Pretty, but, pretty much. You're going to have a lot of bad points to beat up, beat up on later on. I, I would have picked the Eagles to cover that in this game. Just, I mean, the Rams, you know, also coming from the West Coast. I don't know. Um, definitely disappointing, though. I feel like they've let a couple of games 
opportunities flip. I mean, their O-line was their weakest point heading into the Redskins game, so it makes sense they lost that one, but the Rams are... <laughs> I'm actually willing to admit the Rams are, are fucking good now. Like, they, they... Really? Yeah, like I'm... Given that Jerry Goff is just throwing all over that defense, and they actually have like a rushing attack that works with a couple of running backs that you don't think are crazy talented, um, it's it, it's pretty it's pretty impressive. Uh, I'm I'm uh I'm gonna resign myself to stop <laughs> trying to convince myself that they're not that good, and just admit that they're probably gonna be the second best team in the NFC West over the, over the Cardinals really? points over the Cardinals. The really? rankings change. Wow. My 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 rank my division rankings are transparent, unlike somebody's. But uh, that's okay. My division rankings are fairly transparent. My quarterback rankings are not transparent. Well, it's it's a, it's a lot more defined in NFC West who who one through four is. But uh, right, yeah, there's a little more debate on your side. But yeah, um, um, I I think the cards are definitely going to make a run for it. But yeah, this this uh, the Eagles need to get it together. Carson Wentz is going to start taking more and more hits. He plays in Philly, if you haven't heard. It's not going to be fun if he's not good. Yeah, the, the, the Eagles are lucky there's no fans in the stadium. They are – they even they, they, they did get booed by the uh, the audio engineer behind that, which is just perfect. It's just such a Philly fan move to even do that as the audio guy. But, uh, but yeah, he, his confidence is shaken, and I'm, I'm losing confidence myself and Carson Wentz week by week. There's been a lot of Nick Foles better than Carson Wentz talk again after that game, which is pretty fair at this point. I think that's I, – I think Carson Wentz needs to get – like, if he stays healthy, I, I think he will turn it around. But we'll see. We'll see. Frank Rack made him look really good. That's all I'm going to say about that. Fair, fair. They do miss Frank Rack. Yeah, agreed. Um, all right. Also, Aaron Donald only had one tackle. And the Eagles only had 19 points. Not, not even a tackle even for loss. Not, not a sack. Just one tackle. If I, I didn't watch too much of the game, I don't know. If Aaron Donald had one tackle, I assume he was triple teamed every single time. That I'm saying is also someone who didn't watch that much of that game. <laughs> yeah, fair. I, seeing, I just that... kept seeing Higby touchdowns on Red Zone and every other game broadcast. Like, hey, look at this. Higby scored his 10 touchdowns in the game. What's the next game? All right. Uh, you're going to love this one. Uh, Packers 42, Lions 21. Um, I, could, I actually couldn't find the spread uh, during my brief research of looking at one uh, one length. So I'm going to assume the Packers were fa- pretty, favored pretty heavily, and they definitely covered. So, yeah. Uh, initial thoughts as our NFC North expert of the pod. So I'm supposed to be impressed because – Aaron Rodgers beat the no. Lions without no, no, one not, not NFL caliber no, I'm, I'm not saying that okay. at all. Okay. Yeah, they have no secondary. Matt Patricia is one of the worst head coaches in the NFL. They turned away all their um, good secondary players. <laughs> they turned away Slay and, and Diggs. Yeah, this team, the Lions stink, are horrendous, awful, awful, awful. They'll probably win some games and not get like a top three pick because of Matt Stafford. Unless, four, four and 12 team. Unless Stafford gets hurt, which if you're a Lions fan at this point, what did we do with the last decade plus of Matt Stafford? <laughs> Literally nothing. And it's another another season of that. And if you're the Packers, okay, you beat the, We went 0-16 for what? 
Through what? Yeah. <laughs> Where did that get us? Is Dominic Sue? It's, it's a complete, complete waste of time. Um, yeah. If oh you're a Packers, I mean, if you're the Packers, okay, you drop 40 points on one of the worst defenses in the league. Yeah. That great. Aaron Jones just went ballistic, and uh, frankly, this all this game did was remind me how stupid Mike McCarthy is for not playing uh, Aaron Jones earlier. Like this guy had been doing, had been basically been doing this uh, this efficiency, not this not this game efficiency. This game efficiency was ridiculous. He averaged like like twelve yards a carry. Um, but I mean, the fact that he, 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 no one's like letting Aaron Jones cook earlier. Than the, than the last year and a half, pretty much, is pretty just ridiculous in, in, in my mind. Like, this guy's a beast. And, frankly, I'm willing to blame Aaron Rodgers as well and his affinity for Jamal Williams for some reason. Third down back, he, he's a better blocker. He's a better blocker, but he's also, like, one of the least efficient rushers in the entire NFL. Like, I've never he's had still? less confidence seeing someone run the ball than Jamal Williams. Like, he is, like, he is terrible. I'll give Matt LaFleur some credit there. Jamal Williams is not a good runner of the ball. And he still gets – he's, like, relevant. He gets, like, 60 yards. The offense is well-designed. Um, I agree with that. So, you got to give him credit there. But I agree. I mean, that was obviously not working. Matt LaFleur's come in and turned this team around made it much, much better. But I'm still not buying this Packers team. They've – I mean, you want to talk about the NFC North. Would the Bears have had an easy schedule? Like – Vikings might be awful, and we know that the Lions are terrible. So, I the Bears two and is just as legitimate as the Packers two and at this point. Yeah, the Packers one is slightly more legitimate just because they, you know, like, just because of having that Aaron Jones X factor. But yeah, I mean, A Rod hasn't really given me tons of given me any reason to be tons, super confident in him or anything uh, this year. I mean, the, the whole the whole fuck you tour by him and Jordan Love is pretty overblown in my mind and it's really the Packers are I guess you could say a threat I don't know man I, I'm, 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 with you. I'm with you on this one I'm also not buying into the hype on them yeah Packers are pretenders yeah agreed and lines are super toast yeah another, another, another one of the <laughs> another team where I'm just gonna be like shit man like, I just, I'm just curious to see how, much, how many games you guys lose at this point um, alright let's move on so the TB Bucks um, have, well, uh, as expected, um, beat the Panthers pretty good, and the whole CMC injury was pretty brutal. Took care of them 31-17 as massive favorites. Frankly, I actually really should have bet this. I really was considering betting the Panthers plus 7.5 and, and just hammering it. Um, but luckily I didn't with the whole CMC injury or anything. But, uh, yeah, Bucks not, still not impressive me um you know i don't want don't want to get too, too early on these guys and tom still hasn't looked that great um yeah the offense still seems a little bit out of sorts Fournette was a promising part of this game the fact that he was able to do has some actually good actually good production and uh be a factor that actually led to the win but and their and the defense is really fucking good like <laughs> but the buck secondary is super underrated and uh the front seven is just stupid. So, the defense is going to carry this team. If Tom Brady can just be okay, like pretty good, they could probably be a playoff team. But we'll have to, we'll, like I said, we're going to be waiting to see how Tom adjusts the offense. What about you? We're we, we thinking on this one. 
I thought I heard you say that the Bucks defense wasn't good a couple weeks ago, but I, I, I thought I, I, going I've into since, I've since changed. I've done a little research. I, I've been changed okay. uh, significantly on okay. Bucks defense. All right. So they think they're holding front... Campbell, though. Sure. Okay. Because I do, because I, w- I remember hearing that and thinking, wow, I'm kind of high on the Bucks defense. I have him in a couple weeks. Uninformed uninform um, take on my end. Uninformed take. All right. All right, fair, fair, fair. I uh, I love the accountability. Um, yeah, the Bucks front seven is stacked. I agree. I think the Bucks team is going to win some games, but this is not a team that's this this game was not a game that was going to make me say, you know what, this is not. This is a real contender in the NFC. Mm-hmm. They're beating mm-hmm. the Panthers. The Panther Panthers are another team where we're thinking, you know, this is going to be a bad bad team. I didn't have very high expectations going into the season because of how um, thin that defense is. And nothing's really changed on that front. So I'm not going to say the Bucks are all that after this game, but uh, it's a good get back, get you back on track uh, post New Orleans game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, especially heading into Denver next week when you when you know you're having a good matchup against them too. I mean, they, they need this win. I mean, now they can look two and one, feel good about themselves, say they're a winning team. I mean, whether or not that's true, at least they can tell themselves that. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I, I mean. I think uh, offense is only going to get better, and like you said, the defense is. Uh, it's uh, if it can play with the lead, I, I think it can be a real explosive. Yeah, agreed. Explosive agreed. Um, also, would you care to guess who has the fourth most passing yards in the league this year? Is it Teddy Bridgewater? It is indeed Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, he's playing. yeah. He, he, threw, he threw like fifty passes, <laughs> or damn, damn near. It was in the four. It was at least in the forties. Uh, and actually, had a pretty solid game once CMC went out. But uh, yeah, uh, fairly impressive. They're uh, really, 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 run, really, really running him. I was you know, surprised the amount of usage they're allowing Teddy B. Yeah, and now they're gonna have to. So I, I think it's definitely not the situation you want to be in if you're. Uh... Um, a Teddy Bridgewater fan. That's not his game. I don't think you want him to throw 50 times. So it'll be tough. It's going to be a tough few weeks without CMC for this team. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, moving on. Now we have one of our last three games. We have the Cardinals beating the Washington football team, 30-15. And actually, surprising, surprising line with the um, – that the – um, Cardinals were favored by seven and a half points. I don't understand. I don't know if it's the public or Vegas who's typing up. All right. Yet again, uh, technical, technical, technical difficulties. Um, and I need to stress how badly we need a new uh, recording software. So please, sponsors, hit us up quickly. Um, we're, all right, so, we're totally not doing this on purpose to get a sponsor. It's not a desperate plea or anything like that. No, exactly. <laughs> we just need it. We're just stupid. Um, all right, said so back to the back to the R words and the uh, Cardinals. Let's do this. Let's do this quickly. What, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, obviously, Kyler. I think what you were saying that seven and a half point line. I saw that too. I think the public is just really high on the cards. Is my guess there? Um, I'm not sure why. They're a fun team, but yeah, they're really high on them. Washington defense is good, though. I think um, them doing, you know, dropping 30. I think they did drop 30 on um, Washington there is impressive because I think that's a good defense, and this is going to be a good guards team. Yeah. My, my main thought is that uh, Kyler Murray is terrifyingly good. Like, I, 
because I do not like someone being this good this early on and uh, really having complete control of the offense and be able to do whatever the hell he wants. Like, I knew he was just talented. It's just a matter of can someone make an offense that makes it work for him. And uh, crazy Cliff, him and his tight pants have made made it work somehow, some way. Yep. Uh, I think he's sponsored by Lululemon, or he must be. But, uh, yeah, they've made it. It's a perfect, perfect match. And getting DeAndre Hopkins there with such a high volume offense is deadly. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> they're always very fun to watch. And Bill Bryan looks dumber and dumber and dumber and dumber and dumber each week, both on his own accord by what just what how he coaches, and also the fact that DeAndre Hopkins makes him look terrible every single week. Yeah, I think it's the Bill Belichick tree where you're not gonna give a guy an extension three years out from his contract. So if you're living, you're you're living and dying by that principle. Good luck. Yeah, it's different between you're not Bill, Bill Belichick though. Probably not getting the same yeah, that's, that's uh, <laughs> same 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 leeway. Like Bill Bryan should be gone like this year. Like he's he's I almost guarantee he's getting fired from both positions, not just one, <laughs> both positions after this year. Fair enough. Notes. Uh, Washington's offense, pretty pedestrian. <laughs> Nothing to note about that besides Terry McLaurin's pretty good. Um, all right. Yeah, now on think, to a slightly more. Is. Oh, go ahead. No one's no one's surprised by that. We can move on to the next game. Yeah. Agreed. Um, all right. Well, this was uh, – the could have been a good game, but uh, Vegas didn't think so because they favored the Ravens by seven and a half. The Ravens absolutely mollywomped the Texans. 33 to 16. And I say Molly Womps just based on expectations for this team and the fact that the Texans seem to be getting worse and worse by the week. It's uh, not looking good for them. And an 0-2 start is nowhere you want to be. But then again, they did lose to uh, arguably the two best teams in the NFL. So kind of a little slack, but they definitely are nowhere near what we were hoping for them. Yeah, I mean, I think the Ravens um... – I was expecting them to take a step back and they still might, but they're just so talented at every single position and they're so well coached. Um, If you're a Texans fan, I feel like the AFC South isn't scary, scary. I think it's going to stay close. Um, Plenty of time to make that up. Um, And you still have Deshaun Watson. So I I feel like you can still ride him to a playoff spot and you're probably fine. Being on to really does not stink that bad when you played the chiefs and, Ravens, the two best teams in the AFC, arguably. Yeah, agreed. I mean, it, the problem was just two bad performances. You know, I think we're, the problem is everyone's used to Texans being good, but you know, D Hop was obviously like by far the best player that team had <laughs> on either end. Of, uh, well, on either end of the uh, on either end of the ball. So, so we're not nothing too surprising here. Losing a key piece like that, and really, the row line actually is pretty bad. <laughs> Not not a, not a cop out, but uh, yeah. Also, JJ Watts had uh, two sacks two sacks last game. Love to see remember, that. Remember time, him? Three time, three time defensive player of the year, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I want to say two to time, but you might be, you might be right though. He, he <laughs> we know it's several. Um, yeah, and, and, and the Watt. yes, and the Ravens still ran for two hundred thirty yards <laughs> across four different players who got at least nine carries. So, uh, yeah, we're officially back to 1920s football, and I kind of like it. Yeah, the Ravens, that rushing offense, that offense in general is just fucking, that's scary, man. 
Yeah. You do not want to play Kyle. <laughs> what, are, what are you going to do, man? I mean, and I will give you a little more of this. Like, still sus over his passing ability in certain scenarios. Not all scenarios. He's still, I mean, I mean, I think, I think if you're talking like, you know, you know, zero to 20 yards, Lamar's actually a really good quarterback. After that, you want to start to worry about him. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's so good with with those quick uh, quick pro reads, kind of, uh, sorry, uh, PRO, uh, ugh, PROs. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, he, he's, he's a very quick decision maker. We'll always make the right play if, they're, if he's just a decision between uh, handing it off or going himself. And uh, <laughs> the fact that he's that fast and can make that decision that quickly, no, no D-lineman or linebacker can handle that. So it's pretty unstoppable. Yeah, this finally, team, this team is scary good. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm officially, I might be, <laughs> my regression pick for the Ravens might not, uh, might not my, neither of us are going to, our picks are going to hold up on that one. I don't think, so far at least. Um, and finally, actually a, a real nail-biter here, surprisingly, was the Chiefs and the Chargers. Uh, 23 Chiefs, Chargers 20. Uh, going into o- first, is this the first OT game of the year? This is the first OT game of the year, you're right. Week one or not. I could be completely no. blanking here, but I think no. it's the first OT this game of the, the year. the first one. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. you're at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Really fun game, honestly. And the Chargers played about the best game plan you could play against the Chiefs, which is run the ball a whole lot. <laughs> the point where uh, the Chiefs, I mean, which is something that every team tries against them um, in order to get Mahomes off the field, not give them the chance to make those crazy plays. But uh, the real X factor that, that allowed them to do that was Herbert being as good as he was. Um, and. I may I may be a complete hype as you called me before the show about, about Justin Herbert, but mm-hmm. the guy is super smart, was almost a doctor, senior bowl MVP. Oh my god. Tall, that rocket doesn't arm. Translate. Went to Oregon. <laughs> Might be the first Oregon quarterback to ever be good in the NFL. I don't know, man. He he is just really fucking fun to watch. And made a couple, made he some can, really, really tough throws, so I'm just saying, give him props, man. First game, it's pretty pretty good performance. I I, I want to give props props to do, not hype him up too much, but uh, played a really great, like really, the, really good game. The, the reason I don't get too hyped on this, I almost feel like if you're a physically gifted quarterback like Justin Herbert, you come into some of these games, and you can think back to someone like Baker even coming in two years ago and looking so good, and then kind of regressing. Like when you don't know a ton, it almost like he was willing to sling it. He made some things that. He made some plays where you're like, wow, like that was a nice pass. But then he made some throws and you were like, you should not have thrown that. So I think it goes both ways. I yeah, it's like a your sample size. Yeah, it's like, um, it's like, a, it's like a false confidence almost. Mm-hmm. Not, yeah, not knowing sure, what you're but, up against. Like, fuck it. Do but, the same thing always. but that that bodes well. You know, he mm-hmm. came in and he didn't look scared. And I think a lot of people get a little too overreactionary when they see a quarterback that's 6'5 and that's not scared. Um, but yeah, he looked good. I'm just not ready to say that right. he's going to be freaking oh. fantastic. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, he did look pretty fantastic. I'll say that. So then again, not, not, you know, Chiefs defense wasn't wasn't playing that well overall. I mean, based on how they could play, just kind of underwhelming performance by on their end. But uh, mm-hmm. you get props for props to do, and of course, the game ends the same way that well, not ending the same way, but basically, you know, Mahomes driving down the field. <laughs> After right. another team is not is scared to be as aggressive as they are, and uh, right. pulled it out, man. One way, one way or another, as goofy as it was, the last three field goals, <laughs> they found a way to make it, make it make it happen. 
you can only hold them down for so long, and uh, division matchups are tough. Games yeah. like this prove it. You can't predict them. Um, exactly. Yeah, I think the Chiefs, the Chiefs could told... not lose that one. There's like, I mean, not, yeah. not that they're in problems here like, with like needing wins, but just yeah, com- just confidence wise, like you, you cannot allow a very inferior Chargers team to yeah, try and pull I, that you on could, you. I could. Uh, the Chiefs could go nine and seven. They have Pat Mahomes. And they're mostly healthy. I don't care. Like, if they're in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. Put them in the playoffs. I, they're, they're the favorite. I can guarantee you. Yeah. Um, I think we actually have to quickly go over the Raiders-Saints game. Oh, we do, we do, we do. All right. Um, the Raiders offense looks a lot more fun. Like, they seem to be figuring it out a little bit. Um, I told you. I told you. That's offense. Maybe, maybe you were Not right, bad. man. Maybe, maybe so. And well, it also not bodes bad. well for my Saints regression theory as well. Your 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 sleeper and my and my uh, overhyped team are really cross paths there. It's a really that's, beautiful moment. Very serendipitous. It's really good to see it when you see the podcast come into life like that. Um, yeah, the Raiders built around Josh Jacobs. Derek, I think um, I think John Gruden knows what Derek Carr is. He's building an offense around him with a workhorse running back. Uh, a solid tight end. They don't have great speed on the outside, and I don't think this team, this offensive ceiling is very high because of that. But I think it's very serviceable. I think it's a serviceable team that can win some games. Yeah, exactly. especially, especially when you pound the rock with someone as good as Josh Jacobs. Like, <laughs> and their defense is young and has and has a lot of speed and a lot of talent, but just hasn't quite like figured themselves out yet, mm-hmm. in my mind. So. They're definitely a fun team. Like they're they're, they're they'll, be, they'll be an interesting team to root for, especially with all the talent they have on both sides of the ball. I mean, just a matter of, <laughs> well, I guess I mean they they really could be the um, second best team in, in the AFC West, pretty easily actually. Yeah, I believe so. I definitely think so. And and the new stadium, the Raiders, swaggy like historically one of the swaggiest teams in the NFL mm-hmm. in Vegas. It's, it's, it's a good match. It's a good match. Yeah, exactly. And also, I will say this. Derek Carr only plays well when he has, like, a little swagger to him, you know? Like, they, he need, like, he's a confidence-based player in my mind. Like, every, I mean, maybe it's, just, maybe it's just, like, a post thing that I'm seeing. You know, I'm reading through too much. But, uh, I mean, the one year they actually made the playoffs, like, he was playing with swagger all year long. Last year, he just seemed defeated. And, like, and, like John Green was breathing down, breathing down his neck. But, I'm sure he feels more comfortable. It feels like uh, Gruden is trusting him a lot, lot more, and they're really slinging it, man. Like I'm, I'm a lot of deep balls down the field and letting Derek Carr do what he does best, which is just sling it. And so, man, they are. <laughs> I guess they reiterate this again. They are a really fucking fun team. Yeah, I think part of it is also uh, this offense, the Saints' offense with Drew Brees, maybe not being exactly who he was. You know, it's one of the greatest of all time, and I don't want to rule it out. And I'm not gonna hold anything but this offense might need to be rotated a little bit to uh, be a little bit more Alvin Kamara-centric, less Drew Brees-centric, especially with Michael Thomas out. And I think we saw that. Yeah. And, you just, and now you understand why Michael Thomas gets 150 receptions in a season. It's because they are relying on him so heavily to it's carry a, their offense very, and get five yards Sean, at a time. It's very Sean Payton-esque to have one wide receiver the one offense like kind of they did the same thing with Marquise Colson and like who are the other guys they're like no name guys that Drew Brees kind of makes look good yeah, they really guy really is. well that guy's an athlete but uh it may, may not have a great receiver overall but he is an athlete and Drew Brees, and he looked really good last night <laughs> exactly Trey Tra- 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 Smith I think it's, uh, I'm, gonna say, I'm gonna say Thomas I, yeah I that's, that that's a player in the, that's a player in the NFL for sure 
<laughs> He's a good man. Well, I only know because he embarrassed the Hawks on a kick return, punt return uh, last year. But I don't talk about that. But uh, yeah, nice. man, this is peak Drew Brees hate though. That is the biggest storyline out of this game. Is <laughs> we were calling for his head basically, like calling for Taysom Hill, calling for Jameis. Jameis oh one God. of one God, tweeted like Jameis one of one tweeted like thirty times last night. It was crazy. <laughs> he was just he's like, all right, here's my chance. Like now that Drew Brees is playing like shit, now I can beg the internet to agree with me that Jameis is good. Complete waste of time. The Saints are still still good. Yeah. Um, they're definitely better off with Drew Brees than anyone else. I mean, at least from a leadership perspective, from a consistency point of view. But, yeah. Losing the Raiders, not a good look still. The NFC South will be competitive. It'll be close. Yeah, agreed. The offense will more wins. I mean, their offense is too good to not – Start to not be blowing these games eventually, you know. Like eventually they're gonna play a not so, uh, you know, not above average team like the Hawks and the Cowboys, and actually have a chance for this offense to to actually hold up. Well, defense. That's fine. I'm still I'm still putting out a freaking warrant for Dan Quinn. I don't. I mean, the offense can be fine. You're a defensive coach. Don't let 50, 40 points happen. Get it together. Uh, I mean, the Atlanta media should be basically calling for his job every single week, just so those offense to play harder for him. <laughs> they need to keep that strategy going. And, you know, like they were, yeah, exactly. it almost it almost worked this week. There's a lot of Dan Quinn hate after week one, <laughs> and they played pretty and they played pretty hard this week, but just choked it away. Maybe they should need to do it again. Maybe the same thing is going to apply for next week. Who knows? All right. Well, yeah, the zero and four start, and then Dan Quinn will get this together, get this team under him. <laughs> exactly. Then there can Bart and Arthur like, I mean it this time. I swear to God, <laughs> we're really. I'll fire do it. This I'll time. do it. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Not well. Not worried about Dan Quinn. The motto. The motto of this podcast. We'll see what happens. <laughs> not a lot of predictions. We're we're big. Uh, we'll see what happens, kind of guys. You're uh, huge on diagnosing offensive lines. So if anyone needs to figure out your team's problem, it's probably your offensive line. Exactly, exactly. Everything else seems fine, and you just can't figure out why you're losing. It's your line. Yep. You're welcome. Put it on a shirt. It's the O-line. It's your O-line's fault. <laughs> That's why. All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in again to episode three of Box Seats. Hope to see you next week after hopefully the Lakers clinch the clinch uh, birth NBA final. And maybe this time, Bears will be 3-0. Who knows? Bears 3-0, and we'll catch you before Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals. See ya. See you next week.